0: fanfic retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction out of the depths of the ocean and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2022. My name be Amato, he, him, pronouns, and with me
1: are... I be Tori, they, them.
2: (laughs) I'm Della, she, her. You should have warned us. (laughs) I could have thought of something. (laughs)
1: Ivy um, Tory is the best thing I could think.
2: <laughs> well, I was just trying to right before we started. I was trying to think about trying to do more feminine voice, but I knew if this is the energy we're starting off, I would have gone
0: full piratey to start with. <laughs> Your pirate voice is better than mine. I just decided to do this in the last like you know thirty seconds before starting recording, and I did not practice that at all.
2: Perfect. perfect. You can tell. You can tell. This is the raw energy you, you people like from our podcast, right? That's
0: right. Raw, unpracticed <laughs> right. energy.
2: Exactly.
1: Well, you forgot to uh, guzzle a bottle of rum before you started.
2: Well, I did that off camera.
1: It's <laughs> a key part of the pirate voice.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just wanted. to, my mom recently came back from the Caribbean on a cruise mm-hmm. and she got me some really good um, Barbados rum. And apparently this is a famous brand, but I, I didn't know about, but she got me, mm. if you can read it. Mounké. That's
1: yes. one of my favorites.
2: Yes. I've heard it's good, and also the name is awesome.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, because it was my, it was my ex who introduced me to that, um, and I don't know, we were a very gay couple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, slightly gay. I, yeah, well, I loved it. We like, well, he taught me all about cocktail making and stuff. He was like the very like dapper gay. Anyway, the point is, is like. Um, I love it for the name, but it's also really good, especially for the price point.
2: Yeah, I was going to say it's just really, um, uh, it was pretty affirming, <laughs> even though it was yeah. accidental.
1: <laughs> so,
0: thanks for coming on to talk about this thing with me, you two. And right, I'm,
2: we're recording something, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, this was one of those times where I wanted a relatively easy discussion, and also I, I... Figured you two would be down to talk about Curse and *Lucky Island* for a while.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like this is one of our formative pieces of media as a nerdy high school
0: group. <laughs> yeah, very possibly. It got passed around. My yeah. first LucasArts you know, adventure game was um, Day of the Tentacle*, which is also mm-hmm. very good. Hmm. But I don't remember like lending that to people or anything like that.
2: Well, I remember borrowing it from you. So you—that you oh, th- okay. th- must have been. I guess must so. have been a thing. <laughs>
0: I great. Tori, had you played Curse of Monkey Island back in the day also?
1: Yeah, I, I played the Monkey Island games. i I was like trying to think just now if I remember playing any other uh LucasArts games, but or like point and click adventure games from the time. But I can't rem I mean I played a lot of point and click adventure games, I will say that.
0: Well for Monkey Island, I played Curse of Monkey Island first, and then went back and tried to play Secret of Monkey Island and
1: Not being voiced, it
0: just kind of was hard to go back.
2: Well, have you played the new uh, remakes that they released?
0: I have not. That's right, they did do that. Are they voiced? It's the first
2: two games fully voiced with the uh, Curse of My Guy and voice cast. And they're amazing.
1: That's pretty appealing. Oh, I didn't even know.
2: They they even have um, updated graphics, and they even have the ability to switch between graphics and music on fly with a button. That's very cool. So I,
1: like, just bought... Person monkey island on steam to replay it for this and there was (laughs) a bundle where you could save money by buying the other two but i was like eh i don't know but if i realized they were going to be fully voiced versions i probably would have bought the bundle oh well
2: yeah they're fully voiced and they the graphics are redone also and it's definitely worth it i think Hmm. i don't know about the um telltale one
0: (laughs) well speaking of fully voiced um, we're once again stretching the bounds of what I can reasonably call fan fiction again today, and we're talking about the curse of Monkey Island radio drama adaptation. And I've been sitting on this for uh, since two thousand and seven because it was produced as part of the Waterpipe Theatre, which was a group doing radio dramas on the Wesleyan University campus radio station. Um, a bunch of theater kids, of course. And
3: mm-hmm.
0: at some point, like, I, you know, when I was going to school there, like, I became aware of this. I did not listen to it on the radio, but all the files were just thrown up. So when I downloaded those files and, you know, listened to them there and have, have had them knocking about between burned CD to external hard drive ever since. And this is one of those cases where it appears it was put online, oh, um... In podcast form, even back in the day, but it's kind of hard to find now. I'm not sure it's still being hosted in any way that you can actually acquire
1: right, yeah. I tried to look it up in various ways, but I don't think it was ever popular enough to be googleable in that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, my first reaction re- listening to it right now was there were podcasts in two thousand
3: and seven Mhm <laughs> right. I'm-
2: I remember listening to some podcast in uh, a year out of high school, which would have been oh six oh five. So that okay. was like when it started to be a thing, just about.
0: Yeah. And it really
2: was a pain pioneering. in the ass to, to figure out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember becoming aware of the existence of podcasts until, I don't know, shortly before we started ours. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, So behind the times i am but definitely not like in college i don't remember or well you know i do remember like the early thing which is like podcasts were like an apple thing because of the ipod yeah Um, Mm. but it wasn't quite the same thing it was more like this is an audio file you can get on your ipod
2: right and they had um and they had itunes keep up with regular subscriptions with
1: new episodes Mm -hmm. that was the
2: podcasting part Mm -hmm. Uh, that's
1: why it's uh, that's why it's pod. it's an ipod thing that's right right right.
0: ipod in so many years Right? I know.
1: I was just thinking that I did have like Zay Frank podcasts on my iPod, but they were just uploads of Zay Frank episodes. So wow. they were just podcasts because they were for your iPod. I don't know.
0: <laughs> like just audio versions of the show or what?
1: No, they were videos. Oh, OK. So it was just, um, yeah, it was just a video. But it, the in your iPod, when you organized it, that it would be in the podcast section on your iPod or something. I don't I know. It. Don't ask me. I'm, uh, many years ago and my grasp of technology is <laughs> my grasp of technology.
0: <laughs> well, I was just saying that this audio drama is now basically unavailable online. We will find a way to host it even just on like our Google Drive and put a link in the show notes. There's some kind of issue with the audio files where they don't play properly on all audio players. I don't know if we can fix that or whether you all always have to I, deal with it.
2: Well, I think when I first got access to the files and I ran to, into the problem, I did, like, make sure to download all of them, cut out the first 10-second advertisements, and then rename the files. So I might have those kicking around my files somewhere. Because it's dangerous to get me to, like, listen to, like, an amateur, like, uh, audio production. Because the I, I, first thing I wanted to do was to go in and, like, re-edit something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well yeah, if you've got any kind of better named and or more likely to play version, that's definitely what we should upload. Okay. Um, and I guess if we're talking about the background stuff here, this, the Water Pipe Theater was um, directed or like produced by John Cusick, class of 07, not be confused with actor John Cusack, who is a different person. Um, and my understanding is there was a co-producer for the Water Pipe Theater stuff. I'm looking that up right now. Um, Rory Bradley, also Class of 07, who I think is also credited in you know the credits for this show. Right? For the Monkey Island stuff. Sounds right. And I don't remember ever knowing any of these people. Which is not as surprising because I, you know, was not a very social college student who knew people, and I wasn't actually engaged with drama in college because after doing a lot of, you know, high school drama, I went into college and quickly realized that everyone else doing drama was a way, way better actor than me, which, you know, is, I I, don't, I didn't feel terrible about it, but I was kind of like, I'll just leave the drama to them. It's so- <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've had similar thoughts doing a uh, community theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, um, and once again, I didn't try to contact John Cusick or John Cusack, which is what I was about to say um, before we recorded this, because I'm very disorganized lately. So sorry, John Cusick, we're talking about your show. If you stumble across this.
2: These would have been your upper class people? Right. right? Two 07. years above me. Right. We, we graduate high school 05. Oh, oh no. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was class of 09. Sorry, math, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was class of 09 and I've gone on to have an illustrious fanfiction discussion podcasting career that brings glory to my alma mater.
1: Yes. I mean, it does. You know what? You're right in step with your upperclassmen there, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And so what this is, is a three-part radio play adaptation of The Curse of Monkey Island, voice acted by a bunch of Wesleyan people, and um, narrated, you know, by, by someone doing a pirate voice, and it basically covers the events of the game very, very faithfully, but cuts shorter.
1: Yeah, in a yeah. way. Um A lot of it is the same voice acting from the game. Or, like, not, sorry, different voice actors doing the same dialogue from the game. Right. But in a way that, like, flows a little bit better. Like, obviously, they could have made it shorter. They could have just skipped to the important points. But they picked, I think, the more flavorful comments, as far as I can tell. And the things that, like, seem to flow in a logical order. I guess, I guess
0: maybe we should... Oh, there's different things we could talk about. We could talk about like the adaptation itself, or the idea of this adaptation as fan fiction. or we could talk about a little bit like what happens in Curse of Monkey Island, really broadly. Where do you all want to go from here?
2: Um, have we mentioned what Curse of Monkey Island is exactly? I guess not
0: really. You want to take that?
2: We kind of just assumed everyone knows. Right. Um, it was a LucasArts uh, point-and-click adventure game. That was released in 1997. That's the third of a series uh, built on the Scum Engine. And it's basically one of those types of adventure games where nothing makes sense, (laughs) but you're still kind of expecting Mm -hmm. to figure it out, where you have to use the the, uh, rubber chicken with a pulley in it in order to get down the rope, in order to get the chisel, in order to chisel in in the tofu, so you can wear it as a mask, so you can...
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's the... Throw everything to, at the at every piece of rock and yeah. see if it sticks.
2: Yeah, and with LucasArts adventure games, they tend to be pretty um
3: wacky, maybe is the term, kind of uh, kind of comedic, and this one is I don't want to say pirate
2: theme, pirate- inspired theme <laughs>
0: <laughs> very, very little relation to actual piracy, and like for yeah. example, it's set in the Caribbean theoretically. <laughs> And yet, there's no reference to any anything that exists in the Caribbean, actually. Right? It's
2: all yeah. There's lots of islands mentioned, none of them are extant.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, I also just want to throw out here: it's a very, very white Caribbean. Yes, extremely. Um, Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny because um, you know the uh, voodoo priestess or whoever mm -hmm. she is who you meet on in the first island who kind of gives you your quest. Right, the um, voodoo lady. Voodoo lady. Yeah. Anyway, she's she's one of the best characters in the game, yeah. and she says there's one line where Guybrush Threepwood is his. No, wait, is that his name? Yeah, that's you right. Got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, Guybrush Threepwood the protagonist, is like, you have to come with me on my quest to be the only female character in the game, but also she's the only <laughs> black character in the game, as far as I remember. I flashed back when
0: I was re-listening to this to Jammin in Jamaica of all things. That like Barbie-based, you know, animated thing set in Jamaica and there's like no black people in Jamaica. It's all just like, <laughs> you know, touring white people. Of it's kind of like that except everyone's pirates instead of, well, I was going to say everyone's pirates instead of tourists, but actually everyone's pirates and or tourists at the same time. It's a very tourism heavy Uh, setting for this game specifically.
2: There's some bad representation of uh, Caribbean natives later, also. That's also true. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. But, um, I was gonna say I think there's Latino characters, but no, they're probably just Spanish. (laughs) Well, yeah. Because there's, like, a guy with a conquistador helmet, so, I know, it's hard to tell with some of the characters, that's all I'm gonna say.
0: Anyway, the thing about Curse of Monkey Island is that it had a really cool visual style, very cartoony, and it was very, very funny. I, I remember really liking it when I played it. And the voice acting was very good. Yeah. Um, just like it usually was for like for all the LucasArts games that were voiced, like Day of, the, uh, Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango. The voice acting and performances were always really, really good. And so it, it kind of made, I don't want to say a natural target for a radio play adaptation. But well, when you hear it, you're like, yeah, okay, I could kind of see that.
2: I, I actually have issue with that thought. Like- yeah. The, the voice acting in other games are amazing, and it, it seemed like a first thought thing to kind of do like a radio play. But you got to remember that a mo- lot of the best gags in the, the game are visual. That's true. A and- lot of it's like the, what a character looks like, or just like a, a change a character has that doesn't make sense. Or I'm going to go back to the giant block of tofu that Guybrush drops in his pants with a <laughs> and The whole thing just disappears randomly.
0: Yeah, they do that joke a couple of times. They do it with the the pole and the like. Very
1: mm-hmm. first scene, also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, and uh, it's, it's so much of the animation is so fun. Um, yeah. The backgrounds, all have this amazing, like weird, like fisheye type feel because everything is like sloping in around it. It's just partially so everything fits on the screen, you know. But it's it's very cool. I think I would say the impetus for doing something like this. Because they're also going to be hard-pressed top the original voice acting. Mm. I think yeah. the impetus is for it to be more of a summary, which is definitely what it feels like.
0: Yeah. So, broadly speaking, um, the game is about Guybrush Threepwood, Mighty Pirate, protagonist of the previous two games, trying to undo a curse that he accidentally places on his beloved and, like, shortly into the game, fiancee, uh, Elaine Marley, a governor of another island, not appearing in this game who is turned into a solid gold statue by a cursed ring very shortly in, and he's got to mm-hmm. find a way to fix that.
2: Yeah. And this, what we're talking about today is the radio play based off of that, right? Right. Right. Um, so, I, I think, before we talk about specifics, I think just in concept, it would have been better as a, as a comic, I think. That would be the best way to try to, try to adapt the story.
0: You would, rather have, you would rather retain the visuals than retain the audio, is what you're saying.
2: No, I think in, in any way you try to adapt it like more directly, it's going to sacrifice something. So I'd rather try to just save something from, from the aspects you can. And with a the, with the comic, you could have the dialogue, but it need to be shortened so it wouldn't drag on too long. And then you can still have visual gags in it between panels.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I believe I that, that, that would be the best format. If you wanted to do an adaptation of the story,
0: but could you read it while you're jogging, Doa?
2: Both of you do a semi-jog, Amato.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I, I know, it while I was driving, but same principle flying,
1: yeah, I Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to it. I was walking the dog, but you know, that is a thing, right? It's like. You might be right that a comic would be a better adaptation, but this adaptation serves its own purpose, and it was very fun to listen to, especially since I hadn't played the game in so long. It was a nice reminder of it, you know.
0: Now, since we're on the topic of adaptations, like we are a fanfic discussion podcast, and we're reading this as a fanfic. And when I was thinking about this as a topic, I was thinking back to, for example, the Wind Waker fanfic adaptation that we talked about with the author. Rosie, a while back. And that's probably the most direct adaptation that we've talked about on this show. And I just figured if, obviously, taking something that's not text and turning it into text, you're like, okay, that's a fanfic because now it's text. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, someone who I think was John Cusick had to take the non text original and turn it into a script format radio play, which would then get produced. And I I was thinking, is that any less a fan fiction? Um, It feels less like one because the author was taking far fewer liberties with the story than, say, Rosie was with Wind Waker.
2: There is some adaptation to the dialogue, some lines added in. And Mm -hmm. also they have to um, to describe the visual elements that they can't or weren't able to convey directly just through um dialogue so i think this is a fiction uh as an adaptation of the of, of the game
0: at the very least it's a transformative work in a very strong literal sense i mean was it i mean i have thoughts anyways <laughs> well
1: yeah this one's very much on the fence because um the main thing that was added was the narration mm-hmm. um which is there it's present it's just like it's not like rosie's fic which followed the plot but like zelda games don't have a lot of dialogue like link doesn't talk you know <laughs> but rosie had link talk and, and also added a lot more to the story around the you know the plot points and to give the characters more depth and they have more things happen this um didn't <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of it, and especially because there's so much dialogue in the original, a lot of it was dialogue yeah. transcription, well, not trans, transcribed and then re-spoken in a very similar way. So it almost, to me, it feels like putting on the play again, you know, as if a different theater troupe put on the same play, right? Well, let's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Okay. I, let,
2: let's talk about it like, like it's a play. So like, if we want to do Monkey Island as a play, for example, you wouldn't want to have all of the dialogue trees that were in the game in the play, and I think mm-hmm. that was one of the weaknesses that this adaptation um, had was that it tried to. It, it did cut some for time, but it didn't. I don't think it cut didn't, didn't cut concisely enough for a lot of it. They tried to preserve like entire dialogue trees that weren't necessary and that they didn't really add to.
0: Yeah, and I understand as a fan, it's like even in kind of normal things, the dialogue tends to be pretty amusing, so, you know, it, it must be painful to, like, chop off huge swaths of it. But yeah, it, it, but yeah, it does, you know, it, it does mean that it's such a direct adaptation. Like, they, they cut out a lot of side things that were entirely visual or completely unnecessary or, like, whatever, but a lot of it is, like, listening to somebody play a LucasArts adventure game. That is exactly what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Let's see. I can. Should we talk about some of the performances or other choices regarding that?
2: Um. Yeah. what what, what were you thinking about? You you seem your face is contorted in thought.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking back here. I think part, like I I I think maybe I thought that this worked pretty well, maybe more than you two. Did. And I think part of it is that they have a very strong guy, Rich Threepwood. Yeah. Like he, the, the performance is pretty much an emulation of the Curse of Monkey Island actor. Yeah. And I, I feel like you could criticize that because there weren't many interesting choices being made there. But the deftness of the performance is very good. Like, he's very likable, Um, sounds kind of, like, similar. Like, most of the jokes land in the way he's performing them with maybe a couple of exceptions, uh, where I feel like the original was was like distinctly better um and so i think between that and just like kind of a solid piratey narrator that forms a good spine for it being pleasant to listen to throughout in my mind
1: am i an asshole <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe uh we can put it <laughs> in the internet
2: well yeah because these aren't the thoughts i had listening to the performances i'm just wondering if my um if i'm inherently too critical It's like <laughs> This lot of suspension and disbelief you have to do in any sort of media when you're looking at at something and taking in information. But like as someone who's like a fan of voice acting mm-hmm. and has learned a little bit about um, audio engineering, I can't imagine what they were working back with back in um, '7. But tape recorder.: Yeah, And even having more recently done like community theater and stuff, I did have issues with um, various performances in things like their guy three foot was the, the imitation was strong that was good <laughs> um i wasn't a fan of the priority narrator, narrator voice that i got what they were going for it but a lot of the a lot of the performances in general were like um kind of like uh voices you do at a in a conversation or a party or, or something to, to make a laugh and then they weren't really something that could be sustained over a period of time, and I don't don't know if you mentioned, but all these files put together is um, four hours and like fifty three minutes, so it's five hours of of audio. And when you do that, the like it, it's a different thing talking for a long time. You know, I mean, even just on a podcast, you know. <laughs> and a lot of these things weren't performances. I think that had legs. I can go further than the first five minutes of hearing them.
3: Oh dear, hmm. I think I, we, well.
0: I think we had opposite reactions here. Well, or it's like the tiebreaker. Like,
1: yeah, but like I said, am I an asshole? I <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're saying, Della. And I I don't think you're an asshole, but I I didn't I didn't really feel that negatively about it. Um, I I understand. I just also felt like. Um, I don't know, maybe because I'm not a performer. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. an actor. So to me, I was like, oh, well, you know, I can only come in from this sort of uh, consumer-y lens and be like, well, that sounds like Guy Bush Threepwood and actually, yeah. like, feels like it flows a little more, not because the actor is better, but because they're doing it consistently instead of you having to click on the bits of dialogue, right? And having- yeah. It's not a
0: pause in the conversation all the time. Right. It's yeah. wacky thing to say, sure. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I just um, want- I'm just Sorry wondering if this is a difference in, like, just our ears, you know? Because, like, you mentioned, uh, Tori, listening to a lot of the stories on, like, e-reader. Mm-hmm. And I am not able to do that because it doesn't register as a voice to me. It sounds like noise. <laughs> so I think, like, my ability to process sounds and speech might be a little bit different. <laughs>
1: You might have an extra sensitivity to it, which it might, be, might actually yeah. be a reason why you're drawn to vocal performance to begin with. It might be like, I don't know, like being a super taster, you're a superhero. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and I think part of what you're describing, Della, is being a connoisseur of voice acting, which I'm not. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, I, I like
0: voice acting as much as the next, you know, cartoon and audio fan. But like, I don't actually, you know, think deeply about it or listen that closely. Yeah. Um, but thinking of other performances, I, I, I feel like my favorite voice to listen to was the Edward Van Helgen and Good Soup actor. I feel like those two voices were too similar, but, but it's, I don't know. It was such a great voice, though, to my ear. Yeah.
2: Mm. I think one of my favorite actors was the Lemonade Kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, the audio play mm-hmm. version of it was, was pretty fun. I think, had a yeah. fun energy. It didn't, it was a completely different from the game. And yeah, that's not something that bugged me. The, the, it was just a note that their take on it was completely different, but I think, think that worked.
0: I noticed that too, that like it, it's one of the few performances where it sounded distinctly different. Yeah. But, and so at first it sounded a little odd, but then it definitely grew on me. And by, by the end, when like during the whole segment with like selling cannons and such, which is of course greatly <laughs> abridged in this radio play, yes I, I was very fond of that performance also yeah kenny is that the, is that the kid's name
2: a
1: lemonade kid asshole i don't know <laughs> is it something with a k kenny I kenny? Think kenny maybe yeah i mean that was actually i was gonna say that was one of my favorite performances too um <laughs> because it was distinctly different and it, it yeah. carried off like i didn't picture the same character you know in the game he's a very round, angry-faced boy who is probably tall for his age, and I pictured this like scrawny little kid from this voice, <laughs> and I, I actually thought it was funnier because of that mental image, because yeah. you know he's a he's a scoundrel and he's ripping people off that he starts selling, uh, guns, <laughs> starts running oh. guns, yeah, running guns, yeah. <laughs> anyway,
2: I think like if I make another like community theater comparison that like. Of course, that you have these stories and performances that are well known, but you have to cast within your community. And when you do, then that performer has to make the role their own. And I think, like, they got a really good, um, uh, would mimic, but, and, and the other parts, it seemed like they were too nervous or, like, trying to recreate recre- something. Like, the Lemonade Kid character was fun because they were, um, and having their own character, and I, I feel hmm. like you could really feel feel that performance.
0: I don't think Van Helgen's actor sounded nervous at all either.
2: Yeah, well, I, he I think quite confident.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I, I have notes. <laughs> well, I think uh,
1: some of the bit parts, like Stan, um, mm-hmm. carried themselves off really well. Yeah, um, but yeah, Stan wasn't very different from Stan, and of course, it's just the salesman voice. So, but the energy of it was really strong. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I'm sort of understanding a lot more what you're saying now, Della. And it's like, yeah, none of that made it bad to me, but it does make it not as like there were parts where I was like what is the point of redoing this except to make a shorter version of the game, essentially. Right. A shorter, less like, visual version.
2: Because <laughs> like this what it's taking um its cues off is that this is a comedy, so like if it's recreation of like a serious Shakespeare play or something and you wanted to like make that serious, that'd be one thing. But if you're doing your own comedy version of something, then I think you, you need to keep a smile in your heart.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we've got issues with the performance and sometimes I do want to note that I'm pretty sure the water pipe theater was weekly. So this, you know, five and a half hour projects or whatever was recorded over the course of three weeks, most likely and you can definitely tell in some of the places that like someone makes a little minor uh you know verbal mistake and they just kind of have to keep going because they, i'm sure they did not have time to polish everything that could have been you know improved in the performance or the the editing or anything like that and i'm saying that kind of as a point in favor of it where this is not you know someone's lovingly uh like polished project it's something that i think they probably hammered out really quickly, which is cool I think
2: yeah that's i, I have to wonder how did they record it because like if they, you have everybody record separately and you have to put it together, that's a lot of that's a lot of editing time, and that that would have been a lot more polished a lot of different po- po- points, so I, I wonder, like did they all get together and just record it together?
0: I was wondering that too, Della because I think normally the water pipe theater was live recorded, but it doesn't. Hmm. But, uh, like, was this though? There was stuff having to do with, I mean, obviously they had to do a lot of sound editing later with um, background music and sound effects and such, uh, which sometimes sound a little bit intrusive because they are kind of more Mm -hmm. rainy sound. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I was also wondering.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, There was one episode in here on the list that was like, I started listening to it and realized it wasn't part of Monkey Island, but they also had um, sound effects in that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's one on the list. Yeah, I I just <laughs> didn't know where to start. And I was like, wait a second, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> I opened
0: that one first, too, because uh, they were displayed in reverse order on my Google Drive for some reason, mm-hmm. I don't know. And it turns out that in addition to Monkey Island, I grabbed one other episode of the Waterpipe Theater that's completely unrelated. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. I, I I am curious to know what their other stuff was like. On a regular basis, but they did it weekly.
0: According to an interview I pulled up um, by John Cusick, one of their projects was a metadrama about performers for a crappy radio drama group, like (laughs) amateur, you
1: know, actors people. I uh, that's the one that was on there, right? Oh, Where, it? I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. I actually did listen to part of it because I was like, oh well, well we might as well listen to this. Um, I got like halfway through it. Uh, through that episode of it, and they were like, it's a. Uh, it was like a Star Trek parody, except they were the performers <laughs> doing the Star Trek themed radio show. Um. <laughs> uh captain do good was the captain's <laughs> name and anyway it was but it, it was, was like pretty a, cute But
0: it was like about the people performing it was about the real also, people right? yeah right. but the
1: funny part is like captain do good's voice actor was like the same way in real life like just sort of like a <laughs> dumb uh go america jock guy whereas the other ones were different people like the guy the british guy played a robot and then there was the ditzy one but he was not ditzy in real life anyway you see that sounds fun
2: That sounds like an interesting thing. I'll send it your way or point you to it. (laughs) It was like like I I have uh, no
1: idea where it was going, except that like halfway through the first episode they get canceled, so that I'm like, now where's it gonna go?
2: But like a meta story that actors write that's about actors doing a thing sounds so like full of itself. But I I love that sort of stuff. So
1: (laughs) yeah, and one of the characters was the sound booth guy, and he kept messing up the sound effects. So anyway.
0: Drama people love that stuff, you know, like stage yeah. door and um I I remember in just just through being in drama in high school, just by the end of that I kind of got sick of of playwrights writing about how great theater is and how terrible <laughs> movies are, which was like a thing for apparently whole decades.
2: I I was reading some manga today, because that's what I do to like self soothe, so like I read a whole bunch of stuff. I just came across one about a, what well, the character is an author talking about works they created. And I remember thinking how many different, how many of these series have characters where like the main character is an author who writes books or it's a manga artist that does manga. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm still drawn to these stories somehow. They're still fun, <laughs> but it is very much like just looking at a mirror and it's a self portrait. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: right. What you know, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Lots of plays about actors. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's see. Um, yeah, I feel bad in this discussion for anyone who's not played Curse of Monkey Island. Because, it, because the adaptation is so direct for the most part, there's so little we can say usefully about the radio play adaptation as fanfic. It's like we'd mostly be talking about Curse of Monkey Island. Yeah. Um I do want to say it was interesting to see, to like think, I, I didn't replay Monkey Island, but I remember it fairly well, so I definitely noticed times where they just took a hatchet to an entire segment and the first time that happens is really early on, where there's like a segment in the treasure hold after Guybrush accidentally blows up um, LeChuck's ship, and and it, relatedly there's also a mini-game where you're shooting uh, ship, little rowboats full of skeletons with a cannon, And both of those are just neatly and quickly excised and like, you know, not mentioned or addressed. And I think those choices were really good, especially since for things like mini games or the hold, it's like more of a, it's either more of a puzzle thing or more of a visual gag uh, that like, I I mean like entirely a visual gag.
2: Yeah. I think the parts they did cut out like that were like parts that, were actually very small in the game because I recently just replayed it like this last week. Mm-hmm. And like the whole part, it takes like two seconds, when the Plunder Island part takes like an half hour or an hour or something, so those parts like we remember it because it's something that's we were talking about since high school. But I think they did little cuts. The thing is, I think they should have done more cuts. They should have done bigger cuts to get through the story quicker.
0: Early on, there were two parts where I was kind of surprised they still kept it at all, and one. I don't know what they were thinking with the banjo duel, yeah, uh, because it goes on forever and it's not in the least bit funny or entertaining, and like originally it was also a minigame, and I it should have it should have gone by way more quickly. yeah, the other thing I was thinking, I was kind of expecting them to cut the entire um ship fighting, insult, sword dueling, fight with what's his name, uh Renee, I'm a Spanish person riding right here. Uh, Rottingham, Rottingham. that's
2: you right. outrageous french accent yeah and
0: they do they do trim it down considerably they don't have like the multiple rounds of insult sword fight grinding and upgrading cannons uh but i was just kind of expecting once they had map ship and crew it would be off to blood island and i was like oh they're actually they're actually doing this thing i guess
2: yeah, those kind of cuts i think they sh- probably should have done as an adaptation like it would skim over the part with the insult sword fighting which if you're playing the game it was personally like one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. but i don't it does drag out in the audio format i think it would have been better to truncate it
1: i don't know i actually felt like that part felt short a lot shorter to me and maybe this is because i just finished this part in the game where you don't just fight rottingham you have to sail around and fight a bunch of lesser pirates and get gold and accumulate your insult uh data bank before you can actually fight him yeah so in the play it felt like oh well they were trying to imitate the pacing of that without having it be and then you fought this it, you know, lesser pirate and this slightly lesser pirate and on and on and on. Yeah. I will say though the thing with the banjo, um yeah, that part's really I mean, if you get it right, which you know once you figure out the pattern, very short at uh, the actual thing so that that is an interesting choice, I guess, um because that doesn't feel like it imitates the pacing,
3: yeah,
2: well, going back you using back the sh- the insult sword fighting as as an example. What they did do in the radio play was they set sail, they got boarded by the ship, they had the exchange with the uh, Rodingham, went back to Porto Pollo, bought guns, came back, did another sword fight, and like that was like that was extremely truncated from the game. But I think even that mm-hmm. was a bit too back and forth for, um, essentially what's like a transition in the story. Mm-hmm. Like what would have been cleaner mm-hmm. would have been like. Uh, they're sailing, running cams on the ship, they do insult sword fighting, finish that, and then go on to the next part. Instead of, like, doing the whole cannon talking about the whole cannon upgrades thing, which wasn't necessary However, for
1: However, like, then you wouldn't have gotten that great, great voice acting from Kenny. So I think yeah. that's why the actress well, who played Kenny. I think that's why they did it that way, is to give you the opportunity to have that scene. However, I understand what you're saying, it wasn't necessary, but it was one of my favorite parts.
2: Not you, you have to, you have, what's it with writing? You have to kill your baby. Like if you're talking about voice acting with a LucasArts game, it's all gold. Yeah. So you can't come into problem. it think about that. It's like, there's great lines talking about examining like random items in a room, you know? <laughs> but if that's what, what this audio play was, where it went through every dialogue line over looking at every item in every scene... That'd be a bit too much as something to just uh, listen to. So is the, mm-hmm. is the target audience of this people who haven't played the game, or is it just supposed to be only nostalgic for people who have played it?
0: My assumption, and this is totally an assumption, mm-hmm. was that it was aimed to be comprehensible and enjoyable for people who didn't, have not played the game. Right. And none of us are those people, so we don't actually have like a test subject here. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what, I think from that angle, you should do the not have to go back by the cannons and go back and finish the sword fighting bit. Because that makes sense playing a game. I don't think it makes sense listening to a
1: story. I, I think you're probably right. And like, I will say, I had nostalgia for the game. Mm-hmm. But it had been like, last time I replayed it was like, I don't know, over a decade, 15 years ago, maybe. So I really didn't remember it very well when I listened to this. I started replaying the game after this. So again, my nostalgia did get me. So I can't fully say that I wasn't nostalgic. <laughs> but I will say that despite the fact that I didn't remember huge parts of the dialogue or plot, I found this fully enjoyable throughout. Yeah, I, w-
2: what I did do was listen to... I was like, I'm just going to listen to it. I don't have to like do any more research or anything like that. I listened to the first 30 minutes. I stopped. I bought all the games on Steam, <laughs> played through all of Curse of Monkey Island, listened to the next three hours of, of the radio play. So I came in with like just having played it to compare with the, the story decisions they made in the
1: mm-hmm. in, in the audio play. I feel like it feels better if you do it the opposite, like listen to the audio play and then go to the game, which made up big high praise for the audio play, radio play, but yeah. I well, still really enjoyed the radio play, but it's like one of those things where like maybe that's just because I didn't remember all of the great things from actual Curse of Monkey Island. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking in circles. I think it does suffer from the fact that like no matter how talented, you know, these the Waterpipe Theater actors were, the performances are pretty universally just a little to quite a bit better in the original game. And when, when it's so much, when the whole radio play is about the performances and execution of these jokes, of really well-written lines, it's kind of a big deal. Um, but, that having been said to I also really enjoyed listening to it, and I did not replay Curse of Monkey Island, which is probably the smart move here, um, mm-hmm. in that context. Yes. Now, yeah. Now, this is a weird episode... Is there are there any new topics we haven't touched on that we want to talk about? I feel like we might want to make it short, so we're not just like totally rambling. But before that, I want to open open that door.
2: Uh, Just the fact that this is a super ambitious project, I'm like impressed that anyone did this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I thought that you know, for kind of like a more amateur type of project, that they were like, really promising voice acting there.
0: Della, you call it an ambitious project, and I feel like at first thought, I didn't think of it as being specifically ambitious. I mean, it's long. But then, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, geez. Someone had to sit down with the script of this game and just decide how to string it together there's so much dialogue that you've got to pick through and decide what you want in and what you want out and we can take issue with like some of the choices that were made there but just having to do that is a lot of work
1: ambitious yeah (laughs) yeah well and speaking of that i know that there are full transcripts online of the game now or full scripts or whatever but in 2007 was that accessible or did someone have to transcribe the game first in order for them to do this project? That's something I've been thinking about a lot. I hope there were scripts available. Oh, I know, right. (laughs) It would be insane, right. If they had to transcribe it and then trim it down and then it would be insane. Right.
0: I mean, you could kind of be making those choices while you played through the game. I'm just going to, I'm just going to assume for my own peace of mind that there was a script that they were able to
1: work from. Well, because here's the thing, there's no subtitles when you play through the game, so if you were transcribing, you'd have to transcribe as they were mm-hmm. speaking. I mean, you can get characters to repeat dialogue, but like, yeah, you have to be a good transcriptionist.
2: Yeah, I'm just doing a quick Google search. I found one that but that it states from 2010. I really hope they had something to work out. It sounds like the kind of thing that would exist on a Geoscites Geocities. Website. Somewhere. Which one's the real one? Which one's the one I made up? Geocities. Geocities is the real one. <laughs> okay,
1: thank I angel. know, but everyone says <laughs> geocites. I still thought it was geocites. I thought it was geocites my whole life. So and right, Angel
0: Fire them. is the one that didn't exist. It was just a fever dream.
1: No, that totally existed. Wait, did it? I don't... Don't, don't lie to me, Amato. <laughs> Amato.
2: I have to sleep at some point. Amato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, then. This was a short discussion then, but I think we can wrap it up. I mean, it's because it's, it's a different kind of thing to talk about. And I feel like we've hit our main points. Yeah. What are our major criticisms about this? I'm going to call it a fanfic, but we may also call it a fan project.
2: I think I've mentioned a lot of my um, specific points. I think in general, I just like to ask is this transformative? You know, is this. Doing something new with the idea and the concept.
0: In my mind, any media translation has to be transformative. It and should it, it be. Can, it can be more, well, I mean, like, it is, it is necessarily. And yeah. like, it can be more or less different from the source material. But if you're making a comic out of, out of a movie, if you're making a movie out of a book, if you're making a fanfic out of a video game, if you're making a radio drama out of a game, in my mind, there's just no doubt that it's a transformative work. Whether it's an interesting transformative work is a matter of
1: opinion.
2: Maybe my question is, was it transformative enough to fit Mm. the new medium?
1: That's, yeah, that's sort of what I was going to say is this is a lot less transformative than any uh, most other video game to radio play transformations would be (laughs) genre-wise. This is an incredibly voice acted game where voices are kind of the, you know, the... Uh the foundation of it, yeah, so it does strike me, and like maybe this is my criticism as well as an odd choice to do this. It felt like the only new thing they added was the narration, which I did like, but there wasn't a ton of it um, and it felt like it was just there to hinge pieces together yeah i did I wanted to see it trans- I, I'm not saying it's not a transformative work, but I wanted to see it transform more as, as someone who
2: just listened through the whole game, there were some new dialogue in the uh in um, the radio play, that w- that was completely new. Um, they, had, they had some throwaway lines. In hmm. Stan's script. Mm, mm-hmm. he had a computer that was connected to the Wi-Fi of the oh, of that's the right. local campus. That's right. And that was new. Those parts were fun. That 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 was good. There should have been more of that throughout the whole thing. And I think that would have fit the feel of a Lucas Lucasarts game, also.
1: Yeah, because I- when they had those pieces, they stood out and they were really funny. Yeah. Uh, the parts they added.
2: They were personal, um, it meant something yeah. to them, and things like that were good. I f- felt like it should have been shorter, less direct tra- stuff from the game, so it had space for more of those kind of things.
0: I have to agree with you two, but my only personal complaint, like if I'm accepting this as you know, just a, a really faithful adaptation that was fun to listen to as a fan of the game, um, I the only part that I hated was the banjo duel and it just brought all momentum screeching to a halt it was actually kind of hard to listen to it was not even clear what was happening if I had not played the <laughs> game I had like what, who's playing at what time what is the significance of this mm, Who knows? and it point. should not have been there and I feel mm. similarly about the the barbershop trio song on the ship where it, it wasn't a tight enough performance to sound good it didn't sound good and therefore, it it just kind of brought my enjoyment of like casually listening to this to a screeching halt for a little while until they got past. Okay.
1: it. Okay, yeah. I to just... be fair, though, they sounded better than in the game because <laughs> they don't sound good at like their voices in the game aren't good anyway. What, what bothered <laughs> they were, they me wasn't the the singing; it mm. was like the rhythm. I mean, they were like intentionally, you know what I mean? Sorry, I, I don't know what it was exactly.
0: Uh, you're right; it's, it's it's kind of an odd vocal performance in the game, also, but. In any case, I I, I don't think it worked in this particular performance in this radio play. Um, I
2: I just wanted the record to show I was sadly nodding along when the model was (laughs) (laughs) talking. But those having Uh, been out of the way,
0: what were your favorite things about this uh, fan project or what do you want to praise about it on our way out?
2: Okay, first off, super fucking ambitious, and they did it and like in the fanfiction world, that is huge. <laughs> 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 like having a big idea and completing it—that is like mm-hmm. bravo, people. That, that was great. Their um, original lines and jokes in there were few, but when they were there, they were really fun. Uh, Guy person- Guybrush impersonator was amazing. Like the fact that he was able to do that was might have been why they did the project in the first place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it was pretty impressive. Like it made yeah. me like starting off for a little while, I was like, are they just taking the audio from the games? Yeah. I did, yeah. I did have to check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, fairly short lane, you're like, okay, no, this is a different performance, but for a little yeah. while you wonder.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause like, I, th- I think the first thing I noticed, well, cause I don't know if I mentioned, I started part way in, but that the Roddingham performance was clearly someone with a much higher voice than Roddingham mm. in the game. Yeah. But yeah, like when I heard gripe, guy b. Br- Guybrush. 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 <laughs> yeah, he want- sounds so much so <laughs> Do you want to take that again? <laughs> no, I thought that sounded great.
0: That's really okay. the point of that name, though, is for it to be like the most ridiculous, awkward name possible. I'm Guybrush
1: Streepwood, <laughs> Mighty Pirate.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that was good. Nice <laughs> to cast you.
2: I've been listening to a lot, a lot of it recently, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're also a much more talented voice actress than, like, <laughs> at least I am. I'm not going to speak for Momo. <laughs>
0: I've never tried. I prefer to keep my voice acting potential just
1: nebulous, so you can
0: just assume that I'd be really good at it.
2: I, I find <laughs> I work work best if it's under five seconds, because the longer you go on, the the more you see I'm not that good. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> have to take your word for it. Since exactly. She never performed for longer than five seconds.
2: Exactly. Us. No evidence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man. Uh, uh, anyway, other pranks. <laughs> other pranks, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've I've been ridiculously sidetracked in these last few minutes. I don't even know. Um I I just want to jump on board the ambition bandwagon, but we already <sighs> talked about that. I did like the the voice acting, and like I said before, it's like, yeah, it wasn't perfect. But Amato made a really good point in that, yeah, they were trying to crank this out pretty fast. And like, even when they made like little errors, it actually felt more like, oh, well, that's sometimes how people talk organically. They don't talk smoothly all of the time. I just gave you perfect evidence of that. Yeah. As Um, as
2: as an editor myself, it made me want to to twitch and cut it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it wasn't, it didn't all, it didn't feel exactly like an actor stumbling over lines in a bad way. It just felt more like this yeah. real person who talked too fast. Yeah, it, it shouldn't to normal people, I think. More <laughs> normal in this regard. <laughs> <laughs> what is normal? Right. But, um, yeah, I, I admire them for, for doing this. And, oh, that was the main thing I wanted to say is I think um, there wasn't, there were more parts than cast members. So people had to be pretty versatile. And I think everybody played along really well and, and adapted different roles. Like, I'm pretty sure the Rottingham actor also played Kenny. Yeah, and yeah They had a distinctly so. different voice for those two. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. great. And they, like, really put themselves into the role. So I think everybody did. Um, I thought it was really fun to listen to.
2: Yeah. Uh, as someone who just watched the Credit to the Curse of My Island earlier today, like, I expected there to be like only three voice actors and like six parts for each one but in that game they had no more than a main part and a little uh small role for each voice actor which meant they had more voice actors than they needed which i think was part of why the original uh game sounded so good was it was they Mm -hmm. had a larger voice cast maybe than they need. and this is like a community theater thing where they needed people to play different parts and i think that's um I don't. I don't want to say a crutch. I say that's a. That's a consideration of a regional th- theater troupe and something like that. And I I appreciated the work they did, uh, surrounding that, <laughs> people pulling double duty and doing it well.
0: And for my praise, um, I I also want to second or third the the voice acting. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it on average more than you, Della. There were only a few that like I found distracting or like not quite suitable to the part. And for the most part, I thought they the performances were quite good. It's and fine, Tori, it's just
2: a weird occupational hazard thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Tori, in passing earlier, you mentioned like the pleasure of hearing some of this funny dialogue as a dialogue rather than as a like someone saying something, and then like you kind of have to pause and choose a thing. And then like, oh, another couple lines, and you have to pause and choose a thing. And I was thinking back that like, yeah, that was actually really cool, especially for like some scenes where like the, the flow really seemed to click. I was just thinking back to how much I liked just randomly the the conversation between Guybrush Threepwood and Bill's rat, the person in like the the rat costume at the um at the carnival. And I think I I didn't really remember it in the original mm-hmm, game, but like mm-hmm. here as a back and forth, it with like with like Guybrush kind of heckling <laughs> this guy, I feel like it worked really well with that kind of like, you know, quick back and forth beat. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, so and I, I found it, that really funny. Yeah. Like funnier funnier than i remembered from the game because of yeah. that i think yeah, a lot yeah. Of these
2: dialogues work better as a kinetic snappy conversation
1: mm-hmm. at least some of them do <sighs> well but even it i yeah well but like even in the game like even if you're not having to because sometimes you get a back and forth without having to click on something but you're always thinking when will i have to click on something you're always kind of on the edge of your seat this allowed me to just like Relax back and take it in. Like I said, I was walking the dog. Like, it was a different experience for that reason. And yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's, like, better or worse. I would just say it was a different way of engaging with the media, which was kind of cool. Yeah.
0: And in, to that end, I feel like it was a worthwhile project. And it is something that I would recommend to a fan of Curse, Curse of Monkey Island to listen to. Um, if if that sounds like at all interesting to them to like hear another take on these conversations or to hear you know that kind of um th- those dialogues in a different form, yeah, without having to commit to
2: playing the game, because playing the game actually wasn't as fun as I remember because a lot of it was clicking through dialogue trees and being like I I want to get on to the next part but there's a whole bunch of dialogue here so I can either like skip this dialogue which I no is should be pretty well written, but I don't have the patience for it because I want to get the next puzzle piece down and so that splits your attention also
0: and I do just want to throw out that in two thousand and seven, you could not hop on YouTube and watch a replay of a game. That was not a thing that existed
1: exactly <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing is like yeah, you know this is theoretically an eight hour game, but I always take longer to play it because. I don't remember at first that when you fall into quicksand, you need to combine your balloon with a rock, (laughs) then use your your talking parrot icon, which you've only ever used to talk before to blow on the balloon and then combine your bamboo reed with a uh, thorn in order to make a pea shooter to shoot the balloon out of the (laughs) sky so that the rock lands on the vine that will swing down to help you out of the quicksand.
2: Depending yeah. on which order you do it, and the parrot could also be like, eat. So it's
1: like the mouth icon. You'd like, yeah. take a bite of the biscuit. But that's the first time... Oh, no, wait, you're right. You, depending on whatever you do it, you might have bitten the biscuit before then. That's true. But yeah. that was the first time for me, this playthrough <laughs> that I had remembered you could use it other than to talk. It doesn't even matter, because that's no. a ridiculous sequence of <laughs> 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 How would you figure that out if you were playing this the first time? I don't know.
0: Trial and error, Online right? walkthrough. Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> that too,
1: yeah. But that's the thing, is those didn't really, s- those did not exist when the game came out. I don't even know how I played through this game the first time. I'm like, it must have taken me forever, you know? I,
2: I remember having a printed out walkthrough, seriously. <laughs> mm.
1: Might have had one of those, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you can skip all of that nonsense, assuming you don't remember how to do each and every puzzle. Because I guarantee you, you probably don't. All right.
0: Well, I think that wraps up our discussion of this. This was Retro Fanfic Retrospective episode 132, Curse of Monkey Island, the radio drama adaptation by the Waterpipe Theater directed by John Cusick and I believe Rory Bradley and performed by them and a bunch of other people. you can hear if you listen to the files and listen to the credits at the end of each episode. Speaking of which, I will definitely provide a link to those files, which is the only way you're going to find it. You might call it Buried Treasure that was lost in the seas of the internet for many years and is now coming back as some kind of undead skeleton. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. The intro song to the podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Poppy's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Davis, who once again is taking one for the team by having to listen to her own voice, which no one likes to do. It's slightly torture. I've gotten more used to it over the course of this podcast because I went yeah. back and listened to like episodes of it, but yeah. you
1: know, you never want to hear what you actually sound like compared
0: to After- what you sound like in your head. You know
1: what? Y'all want to know a secret? Yes. I actually learned to like my voice Oh, through Congratulations. listening to episode of this podcast. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can end the podcast. We, <laughs> we did it. I don't like how much I talk. Yeah. And some of the dumb things I say, but the sound <laughs> of my voice doesn't bother me that much anymore. Yeah. Okay. I, Exposure I, therapy.
2: It, yeah. Yeah. I, I joked, though. After, after three years you, you of editing yourself, you have to be okay with it. So Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank
0: you. Uh, and yeah, you can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. It will one day be lost in, lost in the sands of internet time, but right now it is still live. You can still find our podcast if that's something that you want to do. Uh, also, if you want to do this, if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic, Facebook at RetroFanfic. Send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com. Any of those are good. You can also leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to this. Apparently not, probably not podcasts.com. Is that what this radio drama was originally hosted on
2: uh well no it would have been um itunes
0: but that 10 second but says no, something about like podcast no it w-
2: would have been the itunes program there wasn't a website mm,
0: oh God. okay i thought I Th- there
2: was, was a tab on listed. on itunes that did podcasts and that's how people did it
1: oh that's what they were referring to yes oh. <laughs> i was really confused <laughs> that makes sense dang <laughs> yeah technology marches onward i guess As I see how they did, they said something like the podcast tab or podcast link or something. I was like, what? Alright,
2: I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della Rose, Mighty Pirate.
1: (laughs) Oh, alright. Another missed opportunity.
0: We're just three Earth lifeforms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. But you're right, Della. That was the appropriate
1: thing to say about your name. Yeah,
2: mighty pirate.
1: Yeah. I just <laughs> felt bad because it's like I missed out on it a second time. Della actually thought about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, fool me once. Sh- shame on. Shame on you. Fool me twice. <laughs> also shame on you, but I was sl- slowing me up. There.
1: <laughs> I don't even know I <laughs> Spent too long insult fighting pirates today. I look that much like your fiance. I <laughs>